This is the Dear Warren Podcast. Welcome to Dear Warren Podcast, uh, the midweek podcast, Warren's Announce Table, uh, where normally we do the... Oh, are you having trouble there, hon? A little bit. Setting up the iPad. Uh, We're normally, instead of doing the interviews on the weekends, now we do something in the middle of the week uh, where, as far as Warren's Announce Table, we (laughs) watch the weekly episode of WWE NXT, and I'm joined by the wonderful Jessica. Hello. Once again. And, um, oh, you have it up. I do. We are back. It's been a while, it's been but a li- it's great to have you back, honey. Thank you. It's been a little bit. It's been a little bit, but we're going to jump right back into the mix. It A lot has happened, both in Warren's life as well as NXT. Um, <laughs> more, more importantly, NXT. More importantly, NXT. Just kidding. Uh, the current environment of the, of the NXT uh, is, I guess, uh, in case people were wondering, Tommaso Ciampa, the devil has become champion. I know. How terrible, right? And it's uh, just a recap of that in case anyone has no idea what is going on. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano mm-hmm. used to be best friends. Uh, tag team DIY. They were tag team champions. And then one day they just went on a losing streak. And then Tommaso Ciampa turned on his best friend. How dare his he? His best friend. Invite him to, to his wedding. That best never happens. His wedding. It never happens. Yep. Turns on him. Um, and then just through a series of matches some brutal matches Mm -hmm. Tommaso Ciampa actually gets the NXT title before Johnny Gargano so the evil villain obtains the highest prize well speaking of evil villains the tag team champions are in undisputed which is the heel tag team which is not really a tag team it's a triple but how do do they say it when tag teams have more than two people this is a faction a faction kind of like NWO back in the day kind of like D-Generation X uh, so, so it's kind of cheating it's a, because it's they have an extra person yeah. to bring in and out whenever they so choose. Yep. Historically, uh, this used to, um, a precedence was set back in the 70s, I believe. They were called the Free Birds. Mm. And it was three of them as well, too. And the, the, the gimmick of them was that you never knew which two you were going to face. Mm. So it uh, uh, affectionately be, uh, became known as the Free Bird Rule whenever um, they went around. Any so, relation to the song Freebird? Yes, obviously it was it was big at the time or whatever. All right. So some a lot of other teams have adapted it since uh, the New Day. Mm-hmm. In case you wonder, uh, was it Kofi Kingston, Big E, and Xavier Woods? Ever, they go you by know, the Freebird Kofi rule. Kofi Kingston, I think, just was awarded the longest reigning championship holder ever. Nine hundred something days, eight hundred something days. Jeez. Yep. It's been quite um, along, and he now has a record for that, which is really great. So people are hoping that they give Kofi some sort of run at Royal Rumble or, mm-hmm. you know, something. I heard an interview a, a few years ago that Xavier Woods knows his limits as far as his role in the company. And he says that he would love to be the person that helps boost Kofi Kingston to be the first uh, true African-American mm-hmm. uh, WWE champion. I think it's going to happen. No, do I think it's going to happen this year? I don't know. I think it would be really cool. It And it has been argued in the past that, oh, you know, Dwayne, the Rock Johnson, you know, half black, has been champion. Um, way back in the, uh, in the 80s, I believe, uh, in WCW, that's a different uh, title. That's the NWA title, which mm-hmm. was before that got merged with WWE. Ron Simmons, he was um, the first ever uh, NWA, NWA uh, black American champion. Mm. So I, I highly recommend people, if you've never seen that, to watch the clip of him winning the title. There's this uh, kid in the front row who saw it and the way he just went nuts. Mm-hmm. It, it, it had to be something for him to see one of his professional wrestling heroes actually win it and realize like what is like what the what significance this of that yeah. means. I mean, and he went nuts. Yeah. I, you know. We take advantage, probably, though, you know, you want to see people that look like you represented mm-hmm. in a way in these sort of positions. And uh, I can only imagine, you know, that feeling for them. And I think, you know, it's interesting you mentioned like The Rock and things. And it's kind of like, how do you, you know, does it quote unquote count? I mean, I don't I, you know, counts. it counts. But does it like I could see why someone would say, mm-hmm. I don't I don't count The Rock. I want Kofi. Yeah. I, I could see, you know, if you were mm-hmm. going to go based on, you know. I don't know. 
full ethnicity full as, a, as, a, as opposed to, you know, and I can say this because I am Asian. And but I then, can't say this because I am white. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Tiger Woods, it's like, uh, well, you know, he's Blasian. Is he really Asian or is he black? You know, so uh, I think none of that matters. Tiger Woods is just incredible. Of course. He's great for uh, back in the day and also uh, in most recent time uh, still... He just, some, he just won. Yeah, First time in five years. Still, an, uh, uh, what, what's the term? They, they, a needle mover. Like, it's, a, it's one of those sports where, like, eh, a lot of people don't watch, but when they hear that this one person is playing, like a Tiger Woods, or in basketball, a Michael Jordan or LeBron James, like, people would just tune in, not because of the sport, but to watch that person. Right. I mean, speaking of that, it's like like Serena Williams or Venus yes. Williams. Yes, uh, like, exactly. I don't watch tennis, but, mm-hmm. you know, but we when were there. when you hear that yeah, Serena we were watching Williams it. plays. Yep. Or I was trying to watch it, and you were trying to teach me what I was looking at. <laughs> um, what was that? That was uh, we actually had a chance to watch that live. That was when um, by, by happenstance. Yep. Yeah, by by happenstance, we were out with you, Warren, and you were well behaved. Yeah, we were in, in a restaurant. A restaurant. Yep. And uh, it, we just happened to be catching it live, and we watched uh, as Serena fought a very hard battle against Osaka, lost in the U.S. Uh, Open finals mm-hmm. to uh, Osaka, who's also Blasian. <laughs> ah, fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, back to uh, professional wrestling. I think as uh, we were getting off the topic of just kind of like representation with everyone, WWE has been very, very good with it. Um, uh, I would argue a little heavy-handed at times, but as far as full representation, uh, especially with uh, the upcoming uh, May Young Classic Two mm-hmm. for uh, the best up-and-coming independent slash uh, homegrown. WWE talent for women. Yep. You know, and I think what we're realizing is that they're realizing, and whether it be because of recent trend or, you know, environment by which we all live, that they are no longer, I don't know if afraid is for the brand, the product. They're just, they now know that they can be a little bit more from a marketing perspective. I'm trying to think of the right word, like up with the times of, you know, if it's a time for women's rights as it, as it is, and you know, equal rights for all, they know that. And so they're trying to represent that same, you know, demographic and dynamic that we're seeing play on the media and just in society in their product. Um, and I mean, it's exciting for them to do that. I feel like they could have, we talked about the women's revolution coming so late for them when reality, it could have come a lot sooner or it would have helped push the movement that we're seeing now earlier. Instead, they're, there's something in marketing called early adopters, and then there's late adopters. WWE historically has been a late adopter. Oh, yeah. They always play safe. Now I see them kind of in the middle now. And in some things, such as like the Facebook mix matches from a media perspective, they're becoming early adopters. So it is interesting. I think they are making that transition of not being so afraid. I don't know if that's the right word. I would think maybe uh, you, it's a it's a interesting point. You bring up the mix match challenge yep. in case people don't know what they do is uh, they take advantage of a partnership with Facebook Live um, and they have uh, non-canon kind of like side storylines of uh, tag team mixed uh, uh, mixed tag team matches yep. where they take someone that one of the more uh, popular male superstars and pair them off with some someone unlikely as far as a female superstar to kind of give them a, this weird dynamic. But still popular in their own right. They yes. are the top of the roster on both genders. Mm-hmm. So uh, well, the, I think last year's winners were uh, Braun Strowman, who is near seven feet tall, and then Alexa Bliss, who is just as uh, her, 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 her nickname yeah. is Five Feet of Fury. Yep. So it uh, provided a very interesting dynamic, um, and that particular. Uh, platform as far as Facebook Live, they were taking advantage of and experimenting with uh, technology and social. Correct. So uh, it allowed uh, other people a, a chance to kind of promote themselves uh, through Facebook and social. Like, hey, vote on this match. Be sure to you know like, comment a- as this match is going on. Yep. So it probably was a kind of like a test bid for maybe future sports. Uh, casting yeah potentially and, and they are doing it again so i'm assuming that either they're gonna i don't know if there's gonna be any difference in the technology usage this time around but they were able to do it where it was streaming live and the only place to watch it was on facebook mm-hmm. so you know that garnered engagement there and then i believe they were not basing the outcome based on votes but allowing that sort of interaction um throughout the match for people who were watching it which presently really no other platform does i mean twitter does but you're not watching it on twitter while you're 
tweeting, you're kind of multitasking on devices at that point. I think one of the parts that I really like about the mix match challenge is it is less, it's more fun or kind hearted, like yeah. big. It's, so, a, it's non-canon, the, so it doesn't, yeah. quote, doesn't count. And the wrestlers don't need to maybe stay along the storylines they have mm-hmm. in the main shows because it is sort of this one-off thing. So I think you do see a little bit of... Uh, playfulness, a playfulness. little more uh, of their character come out without having to be restricted to this, uh, you know, corporate, here's the plan, you must follow it, here's your scripted, you know, um, promo that you have to say word for word, make sure yep. you hit these bullet points. Yep. And I think that tends to be pretty apparent. It is a lot of fun. It, it, it's very apparent when you get to see uh, the personalities, like the natural personalities of the, the wrestlers come out because they are entertainers. Oh, and this is a commercial that we are seeing for, once again, another event coming uh, to Saudi Arabia. Now, <laughs> this is something um, where you were you brought up the point of, uh, you know, WWE is being a little more in the middle and trying to um, be not early adopters, but middle ad- adopters of, let's say, a social trend. I would say they're early adopters of technology, and I would say, still say that they're late adopters of social trends. As you said, they came a little late with the women's revolution, and I think they were just doing it because they want... WWE is a publicly traded company, and I this is just my personal opinion. Yep. They're always going to play it safe. They're never going to try and push the envelope or try to push uh, uh, a more... What is it? let's say non-trending social agenda unless it's uh an event in saudi arabia that uh gets overruled all these things that we talk about gets overruled because um they're doing it for i'm going to use a space balls quote here they're not doing it for the money what they're doing it for a shitload of money yeah exactly <laughs> so it, well so the reason why we haven't talked about any matches because no matches have happened yet since we've started the podcast and the, I, we, we also miss your voice jessica oh <laughs> that's something no yeah. one's ever said to ah. me ever uh so they're having a tournament november 2nd in saudi arabia um funded by the government Saudi government <laughs> the saudi government um, with that comes out how familiar everyone is with the rules in Saudi, um, specifically around women. Um, so women wrestlers cannot be there. Um, you know, there's, they still get quote compensated for not showing up to their job and being told they're not allowed to wrestle because no one wants to see that in Saudi Arabia. Why don't you tell them about, uh, the apology that, uh, they had to give to their public because they showed that promo so, so last they, year. So in the arena, and anyone who's gone to pretty much any live event, but in wrestling live events, they will show while they have your attention commercials to the live audience that maybe you wouldn't see on TV watching it because there's a different commercial break. Um, they had showed a commercial in the arena that featured women's wrestlers in their wrestling gear. Some female wrestlers have what could be amounts to pants and a, a sports bra. So they have a midriff showing um, that's not allowed. So WWE had to publicly apologize for displaying women in their uniform for their job at WWE to the Saudi government and public. It's interesting because the part that I found interesting is the commercial we just saw Mm -hmm. showed women fans Mm -hmm. mixed with male fans. But I could almost guarantee that same commercial to the Saudi audience would not feature the women in the audience. There was also a Saudi commercial during that whole special talking about the progressive uh, progressivism, whatever you want to... I'm jumbling my words. It's mm-hmm. late. All I have is tea. I don't have coffee. I'm winding down. Anyway, they were promoting that... It was just, long story short, it was just propaganda. It was just like showing like a representative from Saudi Arabia, a woman saying, oh, everything is going great in Saudi Arabia. They're like, we're really advancing in uh, women's rights. And then... Exactly as you said. And then later on, they have to like apologize for showing women, you know? Right. And it depends how you look at it. I'm not, I'm not going to say I um, know a ton about the recent Saudi um, changes. You know, there have been changes are positive for women in Saudi Arabia. More recently, I believe the new Saudi prince, I think his acronym's MBK. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get that wrong. Um, You know, has doing progressive, but you have to understand progressive in Saudi Arabia is allowing women to drive Mm -hmm. and walk alone. And, you know, these things that, um, you know, here have really not been an issue ever. Um, So it is hard for me to understand, I think. Well, they have been an issue here. It's just that we're farther along. I guess. Yeah. I mean, we're hundreds of years further along, I guess you Mm -hmm. could say that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if women were ever not able to drive 
Well, there were a bunch of things women and other, you know, minorities were not able to do up until I would say. I mean, not able versus not couldn't afford or not not. It wasn't illegal. Sure. But yes, we're we're. No, you're absolutely right. And maybe not hundreds of years. Then, if we're going to talk, yeah, maybe fifty. Let's be real. Um, But uh, so I I almost find it very hypocritical for WWE to have a women's revolution branch. Eggs, and you're hitting the nail on the head. And you're see, this is where all my sarcasm and cynicism comes from. Go ahead. So they're pushing women's evolution, women, all shapes, all sizes, all ethnicities, all skill levels, and doing women's only pay per view events. Oh, yep. They keep promoting that one. <laughs> which I think is right around the Saudi Arabia event. Uh, you know, the Mayan Classic, which is um, a women's tournament women's elimination. Women's only tournament sh- showcasing the latest and greatest of the new ones. And on the other side, they do not let their female wrestlers or cannot let the female wrestlers go to Saudi Arabia. Because where, of a shitload of money from a Saudi of a, prince. Because of a ton of money. Um, and if anything, don't also let their... Um, Certain male wrestlers who have certain heritages, such as um, Syrian, which is... Um, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn was not allowed to go because he was Syrian in Saudi Arabia and Syria and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's hypocritical. It's mm-hmm. it's so starkly contrasted that I'm surprised they're doubling down on it. They're doubling down on it because they got a shitload of money to double down on. That's I, why. Well, but at what point, and granted, the majority of their moneymakers and their fans are men... So it doesn't, it's not a stark a contrast. If they had 100% of their fan base and the people who go to events were women, mm. they might feel think differently. They're taking a risk, right? A calculated risk. Absolutely. We're going to lose business, but are we going to lose as much business as we're going to gain through this deal? And they've done the calculation and they've obviously That's made their choice. That's why I said they didn't do it for the money. They did it for a shitload of money. I know. It's still annoying as a... As a oh, I absolutely agree with you. And I, I'm I'm just glad that... Um, like, what are they going to do next? Like, are, North Korea-only events? There you go. And I'm, and I'm glad that we're actually just pointing out that hypocrisy. And it's... I mean, the hypocrisy is rampant if you really look at anything. I mean, there were people who were surprised, I think, you know, not to get too embroiled, but uh, the Nike sponsorship of Colin Kaepernick. Oh, boy. Go for it. Why don't, you, why don't you explain that a little bit for, for Warren in case he listens back to this yeah. one day? So Colin Kaepernick, and I don't, once again, I could be wrong about some details, so forgive me for those who know more than I, because I don't know a ton about a lot of things. Um, Colin nice Ka- that you preface it. But yeah, <laughs> Colin Kaepernick was a football player, or is a football player. And um, at the beginning of all the football games, we do the national anthem, start singing about national anthem where it's sung. And um, there's been a, a quite a large amount of police brutality situations in the media these i mean there's always been but um, more so lately where police brutality is an issue it's an issue for the minority population police are you know conducting themselves unbefitting in in certain situations and doing highly egregious and illegal things colin kaepernick decided to in a silent protest kneel during the national anthem where it's usually customary to stand Correct, and put your hand over your heart, mm-hmm. as you probably do, or we've taught you to do at this point. Um, he decided to kneel in silent protest um, to address police brutality and the concerns specifically to the uh, the black population in the United States. A lot of people took that to mean something else, that there was a disrespect of the flag, a disrespect of the country. Um, that's not what it was at all. And um, certain players... It kind of got hijacked by it did. It uh, got hijacked specific by- groups of people who didn't understand, couldn't understand, really. Or they wanted to make it something else than it, than it originally was. Correct. It gets co-opted. Co-op, co-opting uh, happens a lot these days. Yep. And especially with, you only got to do is spin it a certain way and say, you know, twist the word someone said or really just show imagery in a way that's inflammatory. Um, other football players decided to follow suit. You know, people are still doing it. Colin Kaepernick, I believe, was released from his contract. I think it... People say it was because he was not a great player. Other people say it's because of him deciding to kneel. I don't know if he currently plays for a specific team. I have no idea. Anyway, um, Colin Kaepernick has recently been um, endorsed or used by Nike in their latest campaign to... Um, what was their slogan again? Uh, believe in something even to mean sacrificing everything or something like that. I think so. You might, yeah. you might know more than me. <clears throat> and um, that's been sort of the new campaign and he's the face of that campaign obviously people who did not like that he knelt for the flag but it wasn't for the flag it was for police brutality have since decided that nike is the devil and obviously everyone who supported 
Colin Kaepernick and what he was doing are now really happy. Mm. However, Nike, not themselves, an old executive representative, apparently of Nike, who has since retired, donated a lot of money to the Republican Party, which is the party, if you were to make lines, that uh, dislikes Colin Kaepernick. So the idea is like, oh, people be like, oh, Nike is supporting Colin Kaepernick. Therefore, they're Democratic or pro-Democrat or pro-kindness, pro, I'm not trying to, I'm liberal, I don't know what the words are, but on that side of the fence. Mm. But, however, they've donated more money to the other side, quote-unquote other side, I'm using air quotes because there really shouldn't be sides, but there are mm. these days, the Republican Party, and therefore the innate hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Just um, backwards and being filled here and good guy. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? What is what is going on? World's upside down. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> uh, so I guess what I'm demonstrating is hypocrisy potentially is yeah. rampant. Um, Especially when it comes to that money. What What's good for business, right? Mm. What's best for business? So um, the hypocrisy that we've, we're talking about in WWE and even this Nike example. Like I said, I don't have the details on the donations on either side, but mm-hmm. um, I think there's something to be said for the idea that... You know, what? my personal opinion on all these matters, especially mm-hmm. with whether it be WWE or just, say, Nike, they've, as, a, as kind of like a capitalistic move, I... Tip my hat to whoever is the evil genius mastermind to whatever their campaigns are because they have essentially found a way to monetize people's fury, whether it be for or against uh, something. Mm -hmm. So hats off to whoever did that. They did their job as as fucked up as it is. They have found a way to monetize um, uh, passion wherever it is directed negatively or positively. So. And I wonder if this is a newer trend where you're capital, capitalizing on social social trend. It's social, emotional, news media, instant. Ooh, I think. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Can I go? Sure, Can I go? Sure. And this is and this is why I I kind of do. I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so when I preach about how much I love professional wrestling, and its main. Um, ooh. Beautiful move by uh, uh, Street Pro- What's this one's name? What's forget- this one's name? I keep. I, I don't know their names. I just know them as the Street Profits. Well, he's not the guy who does the macaroni and cheese mixing the in the stir bowl. stir it up. He's yeah, the he's the more guy. athletic one. Yeah, he's the he's the CrossFitter one. Well, you have to explain what he did because you're just saying ooh and ah. I just. Oh, all right, we're going to see an instant replay. Hits the uh, ropes. Hits the ropes. Jumps out. Full ooh, flip full out of the rink. Yeah, pretty much lands on his feet as well too. That's a, almost a, um, looks like a, oh my goodness, the other guy. Oh, ricochet. It's a ricochet move. Almost. A very acrobatic. Almost. See, we rec- I remember Ricochet's name because it's Ricochet. Right. I mean, it's not a name. It's, it, yeah, it's, it, to be fair, it's, it's tougher for me to remember names unless they have like a nickname with it, like a Stone Cold Steve no. Austin. You're not, no. you're not going to get by with just Steve Austin. We also also don't see these guys a ton. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, they're, they're getting more. They take it a break, I think, for quite a yep. few, a while. And they're trying to build the rivalry between them and the, the mighty mm. from the Australian heel tag team from down under there. Um, that was the worst Australian accent, by the way. Um, and, I, and I fully admit that. So what that. did you tell us also that... I was telling you that my passion for professional wrestling, if you boil down the essence of professional wrestling, it's the battle between good and evil. It's the biggest drama between the good guy versus the bad guy. Face versus heel. And they tell it over and over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. But somehow people keep tuning in and somehow people keep uh, staying invested in the storylines. And how do you do that? You learn how to work people's emotions. Of you course. learn how to make people hate the heel or want to see the heel get beat up. And you make the people cheer for the good guy or the good girl or whatever the good team is. And how do you... How do you get that to happen? So well, I mean, they, they, they set up the situation to 
keep people invested, whether it be something where it mirrors something uh, socially, whether it uh, is just a very simple, you know, David versus Goliath story over and over. In this case, though, marketing has figured out that there is um, um, a lot of money to be made by feeding the heels and building up the heels and making something seem, oh, my God, this is this is outrageous and getting a lot of eyes on it. Right. I mean, you think about it, if you just take the Colin Kaepernick endorsement from Nike, as a counter-protest to that, you had all these people burning their Nike gear. Yep. So from a brand, people would say, oh, don't show that. Like, you don't want people to see that. You don't want people to know that people are doing it. But nowadays, it's like, yeah, show them do it. So the people that are pro and endorsing what Nike is doing will just buy more. And the person who already burnt it already bought it. So you're increasing your profit because people continue to buy. To, I'm going to buy. You burn one pair of shoes, I'm buying two. And then over and over again. And you know what else they've capitalized on? There's also that uh, in business, the actually in everything, anything where there's quantitative measures for uh, resources or points or something to be accumulated and gained, uh, uh, the Pareto principle, where the top 20% end up... Um, uh, getting fifty percent of the output, or twenty eight, or 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 fifty percent. What's that? Top twenty percent or eighty percent of your revenue? I thought it was fifty. Mm-mm. Oh, even it's higher. 80, than. It's the eighty twenty. It's the eighty twenty rule. There you so. go. So, so I, I I I thought. Well, anyway. So I mean, you might be doing another principle, but the eighty twenty mm-hmm. rule is. But the the sales. principle itself is that there's the strong minority of it, even though it's small, still end up uh, uh, achieving uh, great results. Right. So, because there there had to have been market research done into the the Colin Kaepernick endorsement, you know, so racist, those people burn, yeah, so those white people burn, racist Nazi people from the South, yeah, are not the money makers for Nike. No. Never have been. But they, they can but, lose them. But as, they but they knew that there would be like this very passionate twenty percent of like uh, outrage producers that would that will produce something like well they couldn't have planned it any better here we go shoe burning you know what i mean nike product burning they would produce that and then they knew that they were banking on that there's a strong like never say like uh never say die nike fans that are always that probably well, think of all the sneakerheads for nike exactly. i mean the amount of money that in just the sneaker market. themselves out and it's like nike for life like, like their lives are nike you, you, you don't need everybody to love Nike. You just need that sh- that you really that loud... 20%. Vo- yeah, that really loud, vocal, dedicated fan base to produce one or two videos. Bam, there you go. Just keep spreading it over and over and make it seem like... And I think there's a... And it's, it's, go ahead. It's almost like what historically had been a celebrity endorsement now has become a social celebrity endorsement, Right used to endorse for sports brands based on, you know, prowess of achievement. Mm. This is the first time I've seen an athlete be endorsed from for a social stance versus mm. a athletic achievement stance. Interesting. Because you've still seen, you know, Tiger still has a sponsor. Well, he's lost a couple, but he has them. Serena has, has some. And that's because they still are from a, on a board mm-hmm. or a list of accomplishments, they are the best. But this yeah, is the first we, endorsement. We have to look into this. I think you may be onto something. This here. is the first endorsement I've seen from almost a, a social celebrity. So you see how it's it's weird because well, now I guess at Caitlyn this point, Jenner if, would have been another one too. To be fair, though, Caitlyn Jenner was Bruce Jenner, who was one of the greatest, uh, you know, Olympians of all time. Right, so. but when she was endorsed for Sports Illustrated cover, forget Time cover, Time. Woman of the year. But she was done it for, she had social celebrity status at that point. Yeah. It wasn't athletic status at that point. It was social status. Yeah. I'm not saying. But what I'm, I'm saying though is, is that I'm, I'm not sure if it, it is one-to-one because when you talk about Nike endorsing someone, they usually endorse it on the base of um, athletic well, so merit. Sports Illustrated historically. I'm sorry? So had Sports Illustrated historically. Yeah. But when, when, uh. Uh, that's why I said it was Time Magazine. I feel like Sports Illustrated did something too. I don't know what they did though. Oh, okay. But I, I have to look it up. But anyway, so maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the social celebrity endorsement is new. Yes. And very interesting. It is interesting because they, you know what? It could, and I'm just speaking off the top of my head here. It's just that they need to to sell print. They need to move some units. So they have to sell uh, print um, magazines, you know. 
Do you think there was a print or, push for the endorsement? Uh, tomato, tomato, whatever it was that they had to sell to get readers um, or cl- extra clicks for. Okay, so clicks. That's, I don't that's, know what you mean by readers and papers. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, you do know. Don't 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 make me don't make me don't make me feel that old. <laughs> um, what was I about to say? Oh, the I went to a recent tech conference, uh, Stratadata, in uh, New York City. And this was all about uh, data science and just uh, all the subsets and branches of what you could do from uh, data science in technology. And one of the companies was uh, Parsley. And what they do Wait, is what? that, yeah, parse, parse.ly. Oh, okay. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> and uh, just a long story short, just to not bore everyone with the, with the tech talk, but basically, whenever you guys go online and you read an article, they they track your click and that you have viewed an article. And they have uh, that type of tracking capability for some of the biggest publications. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they did was they showed uh, a study of uh, data science on the past 2016 election. Mm-hmm. And what was very interesting was that uh, they showed that the amount of clicks on an article concerning either Trump or Clinton or Bernie Sanders. Uh, I'm just going to throw an arbitrary number out, but it uh, demonstrates that they were all pretty much equal. Like if you had one article out on Trump and one article on Hillary and one article on Bernie Sanders, uh, it showed that each one of them got about 100 clicks. Didn't matter if it was Trump, didn't matter if it was Hillary, didn't matter if it was Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. Each one of them accumulated pretty much 100 clicks. What they found, though, was that publishers produced double the amount of Trump articles, and then in turn, uh, they produced double the amount of Hillary articles to uh, Sanders articles. So you saw a disparity of a lot of you know coverage for Trump. Now one could s- wait, wait, wait. So hold go on. ahead. There were twice as many articles for Trump than there were for Hillary or yes. Bernie. There were twice as many articles for Trump for Hillary, and there were twice as many articles for Hillary than there were for Bernie. So think of it like so like double Bernie cut, had 10, cut, cut. Hillary had 20, Trump had 40. Exactly. Something okay. like that. Yep. Pyramid up. Okay. So one could start to like the presenter even said so. Uh, he said it what we can see from a lot of these statistics. Oh, it's raining outside from a lot of these statistics is that um, Trump was very consistent as far as always. If there was always a, a Trump article, people would pretty much always click on it. So. Well, Trump himself wasn't consistent. The media coverage of Trump was exactly. consistent. Exactly. So because it's kind it of got it, clicks because yeah. the advertisers wanted to yeah. make money, and it's much easier to make mm-hmm. money off there of an extraneous go. personality there like Trump go. than it is. There you go. And he kept saying a lot of shit, a lot of shit during the thing. So it was just like, all well, right, we know here what we he go. was doing as a businessman. Exactly. Like that's exactly business one hundred and one. So in I many guess ways. what 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 I'm what I'm saying here is that at a certain point, they are doing it for the clicks. They're doing it for the money. Well, because that's where the ad revenue comes mm-hmm. from. So when, you know, Nike sponsors Warren, just someone. just so that you or, know, the internet is full of articles yes. by media publications. I don't know <laughs> if they'll now. still be there. Mm-hmm. Um, the way those publica- publications make money is when you go to these pages and you read these things, you'll notice that it's like billboards all over the page. Those oh. are display ads. Ad revenue is how I publishers make I feel, their I, money. I, I, I feel like we are... We're Warren can listen to this and probably fall asleep. He goes again, guys. Technology and politics. Let's 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 hear a little bit more about you, Mr. Warren, Mr. No Daddy. Now, let's, <laughs> let, let, go ahead. You you go into that. Um, How old is he now? Almost. He's almost two. And Warren, you do not like your father very much. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Just let him. Uh, you. D- verbally do not like your father very much. You love Mm. your father. Mm. Um, We had, I guess, inadvertently mm, had Eki put, had you put Warren to bed. I don't think it's just the bed thing. I think it's, I think it's the fact that, uh, and and I've been like working this idea out and this is just (laughs) justified for me. (laughs) That my son still loves me. But, um, 
obviously when uh, you would pick him up from daycare, mm -hmm. he would come home, he would get to sit, eat, have some snacks, have cookies or uh, whatnot. He'd get cookies. to get to watch some TV. Yeah, he probably manipulates you for cookies. We I, don't I, watch seen, TV. I've, I, I've seen I've seen him come home and he's just there with his graham cracker cookies, not even eating the cookies, dipping them into his yogurt. Graham just, crackers, not a yeah. cookie. What's that? A graham cracker. Graham cracker not. cookie. I put it all together, mm -hmm. whatever it was. Mm -hmm. He's there. He's in his own little world of cookies and TV. And then as soon as daddy comes home, the, no, count, daddy. the countdown starts. No, daddy. As soon as daddy comes home, he knows within an hour or two, he has all of that has to stop yep. and he has to go to bed. No, daddy. And it's not because of daddy. I just happen to be getting home around that time. Yep. So I am, uh, so you're the, I believe, the bringer of bed. Yeah, I am. The bed I am, bringer. Uh, uh, I'm mind reading you, Warren, that. What you're actually thinking is, I don't want to stop watching TV. I want to eat my cookies. I want to stay up. I love this right now. I'm having a lot of fun. No, daddy. <laughs> don't, 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 whenever, because, you know, whenever you come home, that's when all of this ends. So yeah. This is how I'm justifying it to myself. No, it makes you feel better. Whatever works, honey. Mm. His latest thing, and it's super cute. He goes, fun. It's fun. It's oh, fun. I, I just started noticing that. That he'll say, you know, when he does something or we're out and we're doing something. He's like, it's fun. It's fun. I say, you have a, you have a fun time, bud? And you also yeah. have the best ear and the best eye I've, I've seen of any baby. Yeah. Listen. Listen. We, we would just be in the middle. He would just be in the middle of, like, playing, running around, knocking over shit, and then just stop in the middle of his tracks and just go, point to his ear. Listen. And... I would say pretty much every single time it would be this, the faintest noise of a helicopter, an airplane, yep. a bird chirp, yep. and, and he, would, he would go, bird. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And it was funny because one night, uh, the crickets, because it's been really hot in the summer, mm. the uh, crickets, we have a lot of crickets outside of our house. Um, Which you want to uh, commit genocide with, but luckily you have me here to make oh, sure we me don't. Commit. Yeah, I'm not a fan of bugs. I kill them on sight. Eki, however, is much more Buddha about it and tries to bring them outside. But if it's just me and them, they're going. Mm. And um, so, you know, the, the crickets, I guess, can sound like bird chirping, too. So one, one <laughs> night was like, listen, birds. I was like, buddy, they're not birds. They're crickets. He's like, crickets? He goes, bird. No, they just sound exactly like birds. So we go back and forth. I was like, it's a cricket, buddy. It's a cricket. So I asked him in the car today. So we did all the animal sounds while we're driving to Costco. What's a cow? What's a bird? I was like, what's a cricket? He goes, chirp, chirp. So we finally got it. The crickets mm. are their own thing. Mm, very good. What else has, has he been up to? That, I feel that there's been a lot that progressed. I remember over vacation, even though vacation for, for us was only like a week, a week and a half or something. By the end of it, that was pretty much like the last week of August, you said over and over that I feel that he's just grown up so much mm -hmm. within this, this week and a half. Yep. And it is, time is flying. And I couldn't tell I if it's... I love you, buddy. I couldn't tell if it's because he's in daycare, we don't see it, or realistically, it's just we just happen to catch a good week where a lot of stuff started to come online. And when it comes online, it kind of comes out of nowhere when, when, when he, he does something. And I still think back to what uh, uh, our, our friend Adam Peterson told us of like, oh, just just wait, they're going to do something cute. And then a week later, they're not going to do it again. Yep. And then you're going to be like, oh, man, do that. Do that cute thing you used to do. No, it's <laughs> yep, gone. It's gone. Not going to happen I'm trying to again. think if there are any warrant examples of that. I'm sure if we listen to previous podcasts, we can find some. Um, you, you, got him, you got him his Halloween costume. I did. Yes. And he wanted to put it on. So we did. He's into Paw Patrol, as most toddlers are. So we got... Uh, Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol. Right. He, 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 not only, of course, he knows the theme song, and we also know the theme song. And he now actually too. tries to tell Alexa to play the theme song, which oh, is new. Oh, that's the one. other trend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we do have videos of you, Warren, attempting to turn on uh, Alexa because if we say it loud right now, we'll probably turn on our Amazon yep. Alexa already. So, yep. So uh, she's trying to turn that on. So we got him Chase, which is the I guess the police car doggy because mm -hmm. he's into police cars. So he wanted to put it on and play with it and then he realized the costume had a tail and then tried to catch the tail for a long time which is pretty awesome yes so warren you were dressed like a dog and you as dressed like a dog were trying to grab your dressed up dog tail yep it was amazing yep it's pretty great <laughs> and to people out there going oh yes it's probably 10 times or 100 times cuter yeah, than what you're so imagining in your head right you. now oh buddy <laughs> with the no daddy 
Well, I think that like I, from what I hear, it's it trends. So right now he's all terrible about, twos. Getting he's close. all about mommy. Apparently, it switches. Zach, it switches. Mm. I hope one can dream mm-hmm. that you'll be the favorite for a little bit. Well, you know, give you a break, but at the same time, you'll probably miss it. You know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Between Warren and Hobbs, your other son. I just kind of half the time was like, stop touching me. I just don't want anyone to touch me right now. Your boys. Just, just give me a second. Well, I'm glad you're back to here to, to, to just lay it all out. Yeah. Just to chronicle it. <laughs> Chronicleize. Well, Chronicle. I mean, you know, you, you're kind of at your lowest when, you know, you have to deal, you know, not deal, but you know, you're taking care of, you know, Warren, we went shopping, we did all the stuff and. Eight, and you know he's you know Warren. You're getting self-sufficient, but you're still very much a little very guy. Very tiresome. So you know it's one thing. We finally get up to bed. Oh, it's quiet. I go to like mm. pick up a toy, and then Hobbs is right up my rear end, <sighs> like literally. He's giving you the how you doing <laughs> with like, his oh, snout. Is it my turn now? Can can we play? Mm-hmm. Can I put my let nose me, in appropriate places as let, i do as a dog that is the doggy universal greeting yeah i mean i know he's the perfect height for it <laughs> <sighs> dude no just give me a second you love it well yeah you love it but also at the same time yes and you you've been saying it uh, a few mornings where oh you know we're getting sleep but how why do i still feel so tired yeah gotta be con- we got to be consistent with it we got to be consistent with our sleep. I think that's another thing we've been trying to do, right? We're, we're I, I, listen, I, I listen to one one podcast where the guy says, sleep is what you need. And I'm, you know, I'm super impressionable. Honey, sleep is what we need. <laughs> and then we, we, we've been attempting to do it, right? Nine o'clock, at least for me, try to turn off all devices. Yeah. Huh? Well, we used to go to bed between 11 and 12. I think we've been a lot better going to bed between 10 and 11. Why? Because, because we're more in what? Warren, don't give up. You know what? Yeah, no. Yeah, we, 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 be, you used to even warn me too. Like, we'd be, I'd be sitting up, I'd want to either play a video game or watch TV, and then you, you would just say, Warren is just going to wake up in the middle of the night. He doesn't care. Yeah, it doesn't. He doesn't know what time we went to bed. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. So he's been, he's been better these past couple of mornings, um, but he's also going to bed much later, but. Not much. Oh, you know, relatively no. speaking. Well, between now, between six and seven is what we're we're seeing normally. Don't we just sound like a couple of really tired parents? We're people? really tired, guys. We're tired, but you know, we continue to rant. We continue to try to uh, keep talking. As we get back to professional wrestling, folks. <laughs> speaking of the women's revolution, the women's title, we have Kyrie Sane, the pirate princess, the pirate against princess. Shayna Baszler. By the way, that oh, that whole thing. It at first you're thinking, ah, what can they really do? They stayed very consistent in the in the first, you know, leading up to when Kyrie Sane won the title. Spoiler alert: they kept it interesting and fresh, and it, in my opinion, they did a very good job with Shayna Baszler, where. Instead of having a champion that just didn't show up a lot, she actually showed up each week, kept calling her out, kept you kept seeing her. So it felt like she was always there. Mm. But in this case... To uh, be looks fair, like I the, feel like you followed that more closely. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Shayna Baszler fan. Why not? I don't think she's a very good wrestler. Oh, she doesn't have to be a very good wrestler. What does she have to be then? A very good performer. <sighs> I can't even... They are WWE superstars. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> And then, speaking of performers, you're fi- one of your favorite performers of Wrecking Crew. Oh, my goodness. He's my favorite. Otis something. Otis Do- Dozovic. Oh, he's my favorite wrestler of all time. How would you explain him? He is, uh, if you took rubble from Paw Patrol <laughs> and you, com- you took the cuteness and you combine it with an actual military tank, you would probably get Otis Dozovic. Like, he's just, he's a, I don't know. The way know he looks, the way he talks, he's got crazy eyes. The way he even, like, runs, he runs like a... A bowling um, ball with legs. It's a fantastic. bowling ball with legs. Like, if, if my little teapot could actually, like, move around the ring, like, that's what... I hate this guy. Uh, who, Describe who I hate right now. Uh, Kona uh, Reeves. Kona Reeves, the knockoff rock. He is part of the Rock's family, as half part of, of the, the um, roster sometimes seems to be. Um He's trying to find his his thing, and it looks like they're really running with this uh, kind of knockoff EC3 millionaire playboy uh, obnoxious uh, heel act. But mm-hmm. 
the thing that is thrown off about it is that he he still acts too mad. He's still too vicious. Mm -hmm. He looks like a goofy heel, you know? Mm -hmm. So he can't really take him seriously. I can't take him seriously. I mean, is is that what they're going for? He had he had like a SpongeBob theme at one point, yep. like um, what's um Samoan? I keep saying Polynesian in my head. Samoan, mm -hmm. like native type deal going on, and then they changed him to like a prince wannabe, mm -hmm. and then now they're into this sort of I'm the finest. Yeah, his gimmick is he's the finest, which is like some like millionaire playboy. Uh, thing with his long flowing golden locks Ugh. now when the when the when the promo first came out i thought this is going to be amazing especially if he owns up to being like a goofy kind of like uh a five dollar store uh millionaire yep. guy but instead he went full like actual like vicious like i'm so angry and i am the like super cocky and it just didn't work because, like, when you look at him, he 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 doesn't look like the type that should be super cocky. Right. He lo he just looks like the type that would 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 strut down, uh, you know, the the ramp and then trip and fall because right. like his boots like are on the wrong foot or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, he definitely doesn't fit. Like, to your point, if it was almost like the Tyler Breeze of millionaire lifestyle, mm -hmm. I think it, to your point, it could have worked. Uh, it's interesting. It's hard to see sort of what part of the character is what they've been given and what part of the character they've embellished. Otis, my buddy Otis. Otis Dozvik. He's so, like, his chest is so broad and he's so large that he can't, like, his knees are so far apart when he walks because he really can't bring them any closer together. Yeah. He looks like the Kool-Aid guy on, but if the Kool-Aid guy can, like, kick your ass and has a beard. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And he is going against like Tommaso if a bullfrog was a person. I love how we're trying to describe this. Keep going, because I, I, I feel like it needs its own descriptor. We're not doing him justice. He's fantastic, but his shape is so unique. He's like a a, a very athletic squatty potty. <laughs> Keep going. Your turn. Oh my goodness! It's like if a Cool Whip canister had legs. A Cool Whip. Cool Whip canister. But a Cool Whip canister is, like, tall and skinny, right? I'm talking about the round one. Oh. You scoop it <laughs> Get with the program. The little fat stubby ones, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Come on. I, I always thought of Cool <laughs> I never got the canned Cool Whip. I feel like my family didn't have enough money for the can, the, the aerosol. Oh. We always got the tub. Because then you could freeze it. I guess you could. Could you freeze the other one? I can count on one hand the number of times I've opened the fridge in my house growing up and seen Cool Whip in there. <laughs> You know what you're missing. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, here we go. Mr. Tommaso Ciampa. He's so angry. He has really played this role as kind of, he even admits it, he's the devil of Well, he's the like NXT. an unhinged heel, not just I'm Unhinged, psychotic, slow, cold, measured. And um, his finishing move is uh, uh, actually a, a call to his uh, moniker. The finishing move is called the Angel's Wings. Mm. So, whew. A, a lot of, and if you notice what he did right there, you notice what, where he I, kissed the belt. No. He did not kiss the actual NXT belt. He kissed his nameplate, mm. the, Ch the Champa nameplate on the side. It's it's these little things right. that makes him a really really great uh, heel champion. Mm, interesting. And the playing the role of the heel champion is, uh, in case people are, you know, new to professional wrestling, it's the it's the equivalent of playing. Again, see, kissing the nameplate. It's the equivalent of playing the Joker to mm. someone's Batman. You know, it's the equivalent of playing that incredible villain role in a movie and doing it so well that when you see the actor later on, mm -hmm. um, you know, doing an interview, you can't help but keep thinking of just how how much you hated that villain, and you can't seem to separate that uh, the role that they played from the person. I think Champa plays that to a T. So what do you think is going to happen during this match? Uh, there's going to be shenanigans, and somehow Ciampa is going to, uh, um, dish, through dirty heel tactics, 
basically get uh, Dozovic to the point where I don't think he's going to hit his finisher, the Angels' wings, but I do think he's going to you know, maybe do that uh, where he drapes him through the ropes and then DDTs him. Remember how he beat Gargano in that street fight mm-hmm. and DDTed him onto the expose? Oh, there you go. Maybe he'll ex- once again expose something on either the the ring apron or use a chair. Mm-hmm. It's it's not going to be a clean finish, and that's that's the uh, you know that's the signature of any heel especially a heel champion they never actually win um by straight default you know right i mean i think it's interesting that they chose otis to do this with um i also wonder if it's like an opportunity for otis to absolutely you're 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 reading you're definitely reading in between the lines correctly because they're realizing out of a heavy machinery that there is definitely uh, uh a standout star Right, for sure. And I don't know, his, he has more like character work too. Exactly. Like we're describing him being ridiculous looking, which I think he is. But I think part of the ridiculousness... And the way he talks as well I too. Like he him. comes like up with slogans. Like right now, they l- listen, they, they chant stakes and weights, stakes and weights, because he just came up with that one day. He was like, oh yeah, baby, stakes and weights, that's what we do. And people were just like, I love this guy. Yeah. I love just, that slogan. It's, it's, he's just fun. And I think that... Uh, I mean, when I was joking, like, I, I really like him. Like, from a character standpoint, he's, he's one of my favorites in NXT right now. He's just... My favorite is Kyle O'Reilly from right. Undisputed. And that's because he does a lot of comedic wrestling along with combining it with a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and MMA-style fighting and makes it work. Mm-hmm. He doesn't try to be the MMM, MMA guy, but he he's able to really mix professional wrestling and MMA together fluidly, in, entertainingly and... In a way that where it seems like a legit threat, mm-hmm. and also at the same time he's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, there oh. we go. Oh, look how athletic oh. you have to be. Just imagine the Kool Aid guy doing the worm. He just that, did the worm. He just did the worm, as a taunt. <laughs> you know, at first I thought he was going to be a squash match, or like a you know like a one sided. They're giving mm-hmm. him quite a bit of offense. Well, you if you look at. The, the body type and you know remember what when I said like a David versus Goliath this is a David versus Goliath the other way where you have the monster powerhouse uh, face mm-hmm. against the dastardly even though uh, Champa is no pushover he's he, he's not gonna be able to match uh, yeah Dozovic there's in, such a sizable size yeah, difference he's not gonna be able to match Dozovic in terms of, of power so what you're gonna see is the heel do something cunning and uh, underhanded in order to gain the advantage. Mm. Yeah. And because that's just how it all works, and you can hear the crowd boo, you know, and you're yep. gonna, and and it's always gonna leave up. Oh, but if he didn't, well, there you go. See. Yep. So obviously you're you're not allowed to grab a person by the hair and then slam them down. He decided to grab him by the hair and slam him down on the outside onto the steel entrance ramp. Mm. I, I haven't really seen Otis have to play like the injured. Ah, very good. Keep, go on. So this is interesting to sort of see um, Otis because of his size. Generally, either he's not the person getting pinned. Usually it's his partner getting pinned and or he just wins because he's so large. So this is interesting to see him having to sell, sell, you know, the, some to of see these if moves. He can, if he can actually build uh, um, face sympathy. Mm-hmm. So that's another uh, aspect to building a match and having the tempo of the match play out is somehow as someone who looks like a, a, a tank, a bulldozer, how do you get the crowd to actually cheer for you or feel sorry for you? Right. And you know, also that is what he's working on right now. Yeah, I would say he's not doing a bad job. I would say it's not amazing, but I would say it's pretty solid so far. And let's give credit where credit is due. It also is due uh, in part to Champa's heel work as well. So Ciampa has to make his offense look very credible, very believable. Mm-hmm. Very yep. good. That, you see that? That was there. a pretty good sell. Yeah, for sure. What was that called? That's a that's a neck breaker. But as you saw, that when a lot of wrestlers would just kind of just fall to the back and just do a back break fall, he not only did a back break fall, he kicked his legs up in the air, so it to looked make a the lot impact more, seem yep. more severe. Yeah, so we'll see. So right now, Champa has Otis in sort of a sleeper hold, and you know, counter by Otis again, oh, again. another sleeper hold. Maybe that will be the the thing of the match. He's going to try and work on his neck or something. Well, that's similar to what they had done previously Ooh. to um, uh, what was her name, Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. 
um, where her kryptonite, so to speak, was the rear naked choke. Yep. It's the, uh, it's, it, it's called ring psychology mm-hmm. where you, you present to the, the audience. How do you, pro, uh, convey the fact that, uh, oh, my neck is hurt throughout this whole match and it is going to play a factor later on. Mm-hmm. And so focus on a body part and they, it can be heavy handed at times, but when done correctly, it really adds to the match. You know what I'm also finding interesting about this match and making it more interesting to watch is that Champa usually goes against very athletic people. Yes. And it's an athlete versus like an athletic versus athletic. I'm not saying Otis Dozenberg is not athletic. Dozenberg is definitely <laughs> athletic, just in a, in a different way, though. Right. So it's just sort of to see that. Oh, maybe you're saying like they he goes against people who have more of like a, your standard prototypical athletic build. Correct. So you're seeing the same sort of bumps. You're seeing the same sort of you know, bouncing off of the, you know, the ropes over and over and Mm -hmm. sort of fast moving center of the ring, duck, jump, duck, jump, you know, versus this where it's kind of like a more bruiser. You have to be more sort of bruisers on it. So this is interesting. Yep. Uh, Chapa took his belt and he is going home. And oh, his other friend, Tucker Knight, (laughs) Tucker, Uh, his, his tag team partner just cut him off from escaping and so that's and a very heel move, right? Oh, I'm going to give up on the match. I'm just going yes, to walk away. I'm just going to walk out because uh, I'm losing. Uh, in professional wrestling, uh, if you lose the match by countout or disqualification, you still retain the title. Well, this isn't a title match, is it? Uh, no way oh, this is a title match. I'm not sure. No, I don't think it is because the ref didn't hold up the belt and do the whole thing. That's true. Yeah, this is probably a non-title match. So it's just a cowardly heel move to... Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing maybe he'll use... If, is the other tag team partner... Oh, here it comes. Look, look, look. Remember what I said? Yep. He w- yeah, the the hangman's DDT. So I wonder if he'll push the partner into Otis. And... Ooh. Yeah. But Otis is looking good. I'm really happy that he was able to get this match. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is great for him. So they probably said, all right, here's your chance, buddy. Now, now run with it. So it's rare we get... Uh, to see these type of quote breakout matches, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's what I would call them, where you definitely notice that, ooh, look at this matchup. That person is definitely a few levels above this person. Mm-hmm. So if that person can hang with the person, uh, you know, a few levels up, this is going to make them. This yep. is gonna. This is going to actually put them on the map for future contendership to get better and better storylines, more high marquee profile matches. Yep. So the other thing too is I wonder if oh hiding oh, behind the female ref did did he just poke her in the eye I think he just kind of pushed her like he hid behind her here comes Angel's wings no way uh, uh. that was not gonna happen so this might be the turn of the match right oh pop up power bomb uno dos no. But they gave Otis a lot of pinfall. I'm excited for him. This is great. This is yeah. a great match for him. And you hear the crowd going going nuts for him. Yep. So they got, I mean, he built the sympathy. We got it now. Yep. Let's go. Now what do we do? Oh, he's going to go. He's going to go high. He's climbing the ropes. You usually don't see a big guy do this. Aww. And Champa smartly rolls out of the ring. There has to be some something with the part. Of course. It's shenanigans. Oh, no way. Oh! There it is. Oh, come on, Otis. You should have sold that better. You should have sold that like death. Yeah, I mean, that was... That was a hangman's DDT to the outside onto the apron. Yeah, Otis, you had to sell that one a little bit better. That wasn't... I mean, he should have been dead for... Yeah, he should have been He should have been out for oil. Oh, here we go. Again? There's the other one. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh. Still good, I guess. Otis just had to sell that one. Just sell that one a little better. Up until then, great match. Yeah. Great match. Yeah. So what we're saying is I think like the last sort of finale, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, Otis should have been dead yeah. or at least sold a there's, little bit. Yeah, there, there's, there's things where uh, the situation is set up where obviously if you do a slam on in, in the middle of the ring, it's okay considered standard Mm -hmm. but if you slam a person uh on the outside where it's oh look at that it's it's the steel entrance ramp or in this case you slam their head onto the outside of the ring where the uh, outside of the ring is bordered with like steel or is considered uh to, to be much more damaging 
to the yep. body if you get slammed on it you have to kind of like roll around at it as you said perfectly it's a great expression you have to play dead yeah for, you, for a while you have to sell it like it was death but unfortunately it looked like after otis took that um that bump to the outside he kind of actually meandered around and stayed conscious it, it kind of looked it, it it just did not look like death. Like you're supposed to make it look like death, but you didn't do it. So I'm but not. But it sure. seems like they had to follow up with another one. So yeah. maybe it was booked that way. But then I would argue it was, should have been. But it probably couldn't have worked that you would have done the one inside the ring first. True. And the second one outside the ring. And then roll them in. Oh. And then roll them in. But you can't roll them in because he's ginormous. The only thing I probably if I were to fix it for me, I would have uh, boom hit him to the outside. He rolls around. And uh, he's he's out, but you can see like his maybe his fingers or hand uh-huh. twitching, and his partner maybe like come on, get back in the ring, yeah, yeah, get yeah. P- pulls him up, lifts him up, and then, and then uh, Chopper finishes him off. Yeah, that's a good so, point. Good point. So you should have been a yeah. WWE creative. Nah, not I, after I, I that. Looked, after this no, podcast, no, not after this. Anyway, that ends this week's episode of NXT, and also this week's midweek podcast. I think it was very nice to have you. Uh, on again, the lovely Jessica. Thanks for having me. The wonderful Jessica. Oh, that's sweet. And uh, hopefully we will have you on again for another midweek podcast. I don't know if we'll do another Morns Announce table. I don't know. If, uh, we'll, we'll break out. You know, you're doing a little bit of mobile gaming there. I am. So maybe we'll, we'll cover a bit of that. I don't know. But in any case, it is wonderful to have you on. And we hope to have you on again. And we hope to... Uh, hear from everyone soon and we will hopefully have a guest for this week if not maybe you'll just get get a, a double dose of Jessica oh, maybe anniversary special mm. Mm. we will talk about that soon enough thank you very much hon bye